Welcome back to another episode of Real Ballers Read. It's Jan and Miles here. Miles and Jan, your favorite duo. And we will be talking about Eric Thomas's new book, UOU. This is uh, a special book to us. We're a big fan of ET and really want to just dive in to um, Jan's experience of the book. Yeah, yeah, this yeah. was a recent read for me and uh, very different than Native Son, uh, like we talked about. <laughs> but is it though? Is it? Hey, I don't know. Maybe. Uh, but yeah, no, I mean, Eric Thomas has been a big part of our lives basically as long as we've been playing sports. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you've ever seen a, uh, a hype video on YouTube of uh, football or basketball and it's narrated by somebody it's probably eric thomas he goes super hard people love putting his voice to videos um because nobody nobody talks with so much just like power and energy and yeah. uh motivation um number one motivational speaker in the world eric thomas so <laughs> this is actually the first book of his that i have read even though as you know like the prescription mm-hmm. was like a really big deal for uh both of us during the pandemic when that came out mm-hmm. um and we were just like playing it constantly we basically know it like word for word now right yeah but no this was a really really great book and you know we talked a few episodes ago about how we really started in with reading on our own through personal development type books yeah and i was really excited to see this one because of all the people that i really look to for that kind of content like eric thomas has always been like the biggest one right um so him having a book now is like man like we got to talk about it so you've known him for years now yeah but reading the book and listening to the audiobook too what surprised you most like about the book yeah about his story about what oh man i think well the first the first thing that surprised me was that he really gets into his uh, childhood story. And not only that, he tells the story of his uh, grandparents and his parents all the way leading up to him. And he's from Detroit. That's where he was born and raised. And hearing like someone who actually like lived there, especially in the booming era of Detroit, where, you know, there were a lot of black folks there with houses and cars and solid jobs at GM and Ford and other car factories like that. Obviously with Motown being there too, he was just at a real cultural moment for black America. And given that I live, well, I was born in Detroit and we now live in Chicago. We've spent most of our lives like in the Midwest. It was just great to hear the story of somebody who like had a lot of those familiar tones in their life story and their family story, but, but with totally different, um, details and outcomes and and still feeling like i could connect with him even deeper after all this time right like i didn't know his life story up until reading this book but then i'm like wow like a lot of this makes sense right just for uh how he comes about how he's connected with him so well so that was definitely the first surprising thing was just how much he talked about his own childhood his parents his grandparents everything wow and of those stories, like which one did you relate to most? 
Mm, definitely uh, the fact that his parents and grandparents were uh, of the Great Migration, and they went up north to work for car factories similar to our own grandparents mm -hmm. who worked for Chrysler and uh, GM, Cadillac, right? And just seeing how uh, the two of us and Eric Thomas are all tied together in this huge, huge historical process and moment of Black people leaving the South in order to, right, like make a better lives for themselves um, was the one that resonated with me a lot. And it was clear, too, that just like with our family, his family also valued education and seeing how we are all connected to um, our ancestors, the people that came before us, and they're really the ones that like push us forward into our lives today. I mean, I, I felt more grateful. I was already feeling super grateful for our family and our, our family past, but hearing it from Eric Thomas as well, I was like, man, like, there's something really special here just in terms of the ways that uh, people 100 years ago were making choices so that they could provide for themselves and, you know, make a better life for their children in the same way that we hope to. Mm -hmm. I think it was so clear from the book how everyone that he talked about in his family and the gratitude that he had for everyone that came before him, like really strengthened his pur pur purpose and his why. And I think that's a big part of the book. So I was ask you, how do you think the book clarified your own why and mm. your own purpose. Yeah, well, the first thing that came to mind actually was that, um, was that uh, he talks about his why being his family, and that especially became true once he had children, because um, he wasn't even like successful at that point. He was very much still on his grind, uh, struggling to make it as a speaker and as a pastor, minister, um, but. I, I really talking about family history, I really cherish just how much of an impact our grandparents had on us growing up. Um, in particular, like I remember our grandfather as being the ones who kind of like introduced us to the, the, the world around us, right? Just through constantly taking us outside and showing us just how much that we can enjoy nature and being out in the world like that. Mm -hmm. Um, and while listening to UOU, the audiobook is when I was like, man, like that's definitely a why right there is being able to do something similar for my own kids and my own grandkids, um, just in terms of introducing them to the world around them, um, showing them the environment as a place that they can really connect with and mm -hmm. also respect, fear, all those things that our granddad did for us. Mm -hmm. um, but right, just seeing how seeing how something so fundamental and so impactful for my own life is something that I can give to like future generations was something that was really special and something that uh, Eric Thomas really like impressed upon me by telling his own story of caring about his, his own family legacy. And wait, so that's your why and your purpose now? Oh, well, I mean, I think part of, part of what I was thinking about with my why is that there's moments or scenes like that where that's kind of like a, a dream that I have that really won't be like realized for many decades. Um, but just generally seeing 
how uh, feelings like that, opportunities like that add up towards just generally having a very deep connection and care for my family is like kind of where I was going with that. Yeah, I think it's not even just forward looking, but also backward looking in the sense of like my why feeling very deeply rooted in the fact that so many of our family members before us have done the hard things and made sacrifices and did what they thought was right given their own time. Um, and so there is like a big why, even in the sense of like keeping that going, right. Just continuing that, that process of caring about the people around me and really looking out for our family. Yeah. So riffing off the title of the book though, what do you think you owe to yourself? Mm, Yeah, that was, that was my big question for Eric Thomas when we interview him, if, when we interview him, uh, I would say that what I owe myself is just my best shot. And that means waking up every day and really thinking about those things that I really want to do, what I, how I want to make progress mm-hmm. and in any way possible executing on those. Right. And like mm-hmm. ma- having the, making the small win, uh, taking like a risk, even if it's something that I'm afraid of or don't know how it's going to turn out. Mm-hmm. I think I have a tendency to get really doubtful and worry. Mm-hmm. But the more that I just kind of show up for my goals, for my why, or what I want to be getting better at, mm-hmm. um, the better that I can actually achieve those things. Yeah. So that's that's generally what I think I owe myself is just, mm. right, like waking up every day and bringing that energy for those things that I really care about. And so I remember in the end of the book, he kind of talks about setting what your non-negotiables are. Like, what are those for you? You're saying it's the things that you care about. What are the things that you really have to do to have like your small wins and your best yeah. days? Yeah. Well, I mean, this is, this is kind of a, a recent thing just because we just started at the local gym down the street fitness formula club. But I definitely think my non-negotiables are moving my body every day, like walking, 10,000 steps, going to FFC, definitely writing every day, reading, and just like eating with you and Simone, really. Um, Having those non-negotiables of how I like socialize with the people around me that I care about too. So I would say those are the top four that come to mind. Mm -hmm. Um, And there's, I mean, there's a ton to do just off of those alone, right? I mean, from going to the gym, to the library to the office and then back here to cook and enjoy time with y'all. I mean, that does like lead to a really full day, but, and that's what I kind of like too, is when you do spend your time on your non-negotiables, I mean, it really does kind of like fill your day with all those things that really fill you up. Right. Right. Um, and make it feel like a a longer day in a sense, just because there are all those things that that I'm hitting on. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And like, what was your journey to even understanding that that's what you needed? Like how much trial and error and so much. Yeah. I mean, we're just now uh, trying to get into waking up earlier, right? To make more time for ourselves in the morning and afternoon to do those things that we care about. Mm -hmm. And I, I mean, it was like what? 
almost five years ago that I first said, oh man, like the best way to get after it every day is to wake up at five in the morning. And I'm a sophomore in college at this point, waking up super early to go to the gym and then go to the library. I loved it. I absolutely loved it. But I basically wasn't able to like socialize with anybody. I was going to bed really early. And as soon as I got off track, I psyched myself out and never got back on track again. And then it was basically from then on where I'm staying up late, sleeping in, feeling like I'm wasting my days mm-hmm. or at least worrying that I was, which is almost worse just because you're right. kind of like dragging your energy down just from uh, fearing and worrying that you're not doing that. I wasn't doing as good as I could have. And I, I think I went back and forth on it too, because I really had a lot of issues with just kind of like grind culture and generally thinking that you have to like overwork yourself in order to feel good about yourself. And I still do temper that. I don't feel like I'm necessarily like working any harder now. It's just that I'm able to pay attention and make more time for those things that I care about, like I was saying. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, it was definitely a journey. And I think. Uh, a big part of it, which is funny given the title as well of UOU, is that it really was just a journey of like this conversation in my head, right? Where I was the only person that was really getting in my way of, you know, um, procrastinating or doubting and, you know, uh, thinking about things in a way that didn't necessarily like serve me or make me feel uh, as good as possible. Mm-hmm. So, just trying to continue in that process of learning and getting out of my way, but also clarifying exactly what it is that I want and how I want to spend my days. Wow. Wow. That's incredible. Do you think for someone who has never heard of Eric Thomas, like, what do you think they'll get out of this book? Mm. Wow. Uh, I think you'll get a few things out of the book that are really important. I mean, as we've been saying, he does start off by talking about his family story. So I think there's something there to appreciate just for that combination of the beauty of Black people as a community, as communities, and how individuals can come through that community and, I mean, surprise themselves, let alone surprise everyone around them for how much they they can really be successful in life. Mm -hmm. Uh, So I think there's a beautiful story there. Um, I think you can get out of this book a real sense of humility too and Mm -hmm. determination because Eric Thomas's life definitely was very hard and he's overcome a lot in his own life. And I think that can really put your own life in perspective when you see how hard it has been for someone else who's overcome a lot more. And then of course, that kind of just leads into the empowerment as well, right? Because Eric Thomas, his entire life is dedicated to helping other people be successful in whatever ways that that looks like for them. Um, So not only seeing your life in perspective, but seeing your life in focus for what it is and what it can be, I think is a a great benefit of reading this book Um, because it is, it is an empowering read. I mean, it wouldn't be Eric Thomas if it wasn't. Right. Lastly, for you, like walking away from this book, What's like one thing you're going to do differently? Mm. One thing that we had talked about, actually, which I want to do differently is uh, not having a scarcity mindset for 
my time, energy, and attention, right? I think with the few things that I have going, with the few projects that I have going on in my life right now, again, I'm constantly worried that I need to stop one of them in order to make more time for the other ones. How am I supposed to be productive when I'm working on multiple things at a time? But really learning and listening to Eric Thomas and hear all the things that he's always doing, it like, the, the math just doesn't add up. You know what I'm saying? You're like, how did, how does this man have enough time in a day to go talk to like six middle schools mm-hmm. and then go preach and then do some business stuff, you know, take care of his, of his family. Um, and, and then, you know, still work out and he makes time to pray. He, he is somebody who wakes up really early in the morning to pray for a couple hours every day. Um, but right. Just seeing how much he can fill into, let's say a day or a week of time, I was like, man, like there's so much more that I can be doing here. Mm-hmm. Um, and if I really do, if I really were to be filling up all my time with all those projects, like, you know, I'd only feel more excited, more empowered to do those things. Right. Um, I don't have to think, oh man, like there's only 24 hours or there's all this other stuff that I have to do that I don't really want to do. I mean, I think he really kind of shows in his story that when you care enough, when you want it enough, you'll make time for it, right? Um, and and so that's something that I want to do differently is just make time for it and not really worry or complain about it or feel some type of way, but just say like, hey, like there's always more time that I can make for those things that I want to do. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, I've even seen in my own habits how I will be a lot more present about how I'm avoiding like the task that I should be doing. We all, you know, can scroll through our phone and just lose half an hour, but really like being more present about why you're avoiding that has been uh, really uncomfortable for me to sit with. It's like, why have I been avoiding like the things that I really want to do and say that I really want to do and talk about all the time? Why is it that I fritter away that focus to things that aren't as important? And just with what, with what you're saying and creating more time, like the time is there. And I think for, for me, it's about what are the ways in which I'm giving it away Mm. for free and avoiding it that I can get back and end up having just a lot more time throughout the week, throughout the year. If I added up all the screen time hours that I've been on my phone, like, yeah, Yeah, that's a number that probably none of us are proud of. I mean, I'm looking at my uh, screen time on my phone right now, and the average is about like three hours a day. That's not bad, man. It feels like too long. I have had friends that have had like seven or eight hours a day. What? On average. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's a that's a really good point. Um and I think I think part of it is and this is what he talks about. This is why reading a book, whether you're like reading the actual book or listening to the audio, is so important because there are, there's so much there's so much time and space in the book to think about like getting more clear on the things that he's talking about, right? Like you're hearing his story and learning a lot and simultaneously learning more about your own story and what you care about. And 
when you have that kind of clarity for your why, for your purpose, for your superpower, those those pieces that he guides you through in the book, I mean, there's so much more uh, at stake, right? When you do waste time doing stuff that you don't want to be doing or don't have to do, like being on your phone, um, there's something at stake now because you know very clearly what it is that you want to be doing and why. And suddenly, like the purpose behind doing other things just kind of falls away, which is pretty interesting. Um, but you reminded me too of uh, The War of Art by Stephen Pressfield, right? Which is another book that we've talked about a good amount. And his whole idea was that you, we generally procrastinate on those things. We avoid those things, which have the most potential to like change us. And I think that's, that's probably a big part of this too, is just that our egos are very like comfortable with where we are now. And that willingness to change is scary, right? Because change is hard, change is tough, it's uncertain. And it means that our current conceptions of ourselves are going to change, right? They're going to transform into something that we don't know of yet. (laughs) And that can be a scary feeling for your ego, even subconsciously. And at least for me, I know that's like why I avoid things a lot of times, because really the things that I want to or try to avoid the most are also my non-negotiables, right? Which are working out every day and uh, reading, writing. Yeah. and spending time with quality time with y'all mm-hmm. yeah no i mean i'm excited to dig more into the to the book and hearing all your thoughts on it now like yeah i just started it a few hours ago and to think of my questions but even more i think it's so important that i refocus with this kind of book this is the exact thing that i need now especially as we're really picking up speed yeah, it feels, feels like, but as we're right. on speed, gotta slow down even more and be more present. So yeah, yeah, absolutely. And two, I would recommend the audio book. It always sounds great hearing Eric Thomas's voice. Yeah. Um, and to that point of making time for things, right? I mean, I got in a lot of steps just by listening to the audio book and walking bow at the same time, mm-hmm. and. You know, I, I think that was another really special thing about reading it was just how much he talked about the impact that books had in his own life um, mm. as a young black man coming up, reading the autobiography of Malcolm X, all the way to those books that he was reading to inspire uh, students to get their GEDs, all the way to just like writing his own books. Right. Um, but it really did kind of solidify for me that slowing down does include like reading more as well and really just like taking that time to connect with people like Eric Thomas, who we can really like feel connected to and inspired by. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Real Ballers Read. Before you go, we want to ask you for a quick favor. If you enjoyed this episode and learned anything, please give us a review on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. We'd love to hear your feedback. Follow us on Instagram as well, at Real Ballers Read. Thanks again for listening, and we'll catch you next time.